This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If one skitty, which is not very skittish, and then if you have 11, that's a lot of skitties. So there were, there were 11 skitties. Man, try to keep up, folks. All right, welcome to episode four. Four. From a hotel room. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. This is our first hotel room podcast. Hotel room podcast. We've done from, uh, we've recorded, well, including the previous podcast we had from Hunt Camp. Mm-hmm. From Living Room. Several. Hunt Club. Hunt Club. And now Hotel Camp room. Hero. It's a Camp Hero podcast, and now we're in a hotel room in downtown Raleigh. And one day, North Carolina. We'll be in a studio of some kind. Yeah. Until then, we just keep moving around until uh, that happens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like after days like today, where we uh, spend a full day sort of immersed in everything that is Whiskey and Whitetails right now, it seems like that day might be coming sooner and sooner. Yeah. I think so as well. Um, I think we'll have a studio by the end of the year. Yep. I think I think before we're sitting here having a, an episode right after the start of 2022, I think we'll be doing episodes out of a studio with a workshop. Yeah. We desperately need a workshop. We mainly need storage space. Like, yeah. Especially after today. We, um, for those that don't know, we're down in Charleston, South Carolina. So we drove four hours up here to Southeast Barrel Shop to get our whiskey staves for the products. And um, it's like a four and a half hour drive. And then we spent three hours, <laughs> three hours. loading staves, sorting staves. Yeah, we got to we gotta work on that process to make sure we get it a little more accurate when he has folks measure them out for us. Yeah. So it's a little bit of our fault, but whatever. Yeah, we can send pictures next time. Actually, I don't mind sorting it. It's kind of... It's cool touching that much at one day. It is kind of cool to, to go through 
was it 40 barrels worth of stays? Yeah, we bought 300. Well, th no, that's on one of those pallets. That's oh, yeah, yeah, pallets. yeah. 40, barrel, 40 barrels on a pallet. And so we're sorting through them, trying to find the right sizes yeah, yeah. for our products. But it's better than what we were doing before, breaking down whole barrels, six barrels and hoping to get, you know, 15, 20 usable stays yeah, out of it. If that. Yeah. Because some of the stuff we need for smoked cocktails are fairly wide. And there's sometimes only a few of those on a barrel. Yep. Yeah. It was a good choice. Do, you know, if we had not, <laughs> if we had not had access to this gentleman, uh, Southeastern Barrel Shop, is that what it's called? Um, yes. Southeast Barrel Shop. Southeast Barrel Shop. Yeah. We didn't have access to him before the holidays. I don't know if we would have made it through the holidays. No, we wouldn't have. We would have been. I mean, we would have, but there would have been, we would have missed out on a lot of sales. I mean, we were already sold out. We sold out almost every day. Like once we had what we had until we found him and we were able to kind of keep up, but we still sold out. But that was, that was just due to a lack of like man hours, right? Like yeah, yeah. still have a full-time, still have a full-time job, still have other things. We ran out. Okay. I have to make more tonight or the next day. Cause whatever. Yep. It was not a problem of, well, we don't have the material. And we live almost an hour apart. So from, you know, I can't drive up to see you every day. So coming to see you when I can and bringing it back to the house. Gus kind of does all the woodworking and then, um, for now we're going to fix that. Yeah. We're going to get you up to speed. Yeah. It's not hard. Then I bring it home and I do the branding, packaging, shipping, customer service, which I'm not good at. Don't ask me to customer serve. <laughs> <laughs> if you've spoken to anyone on Etsy, that would be Matt. Yeah. Um, so far I've handled the Shopify stuff. It's only been like four or five of you that have emailed in. Thanks for your, Thanks for your emails. Yes. Uh, even though you were just complaining about stuff that's clearly explained in the description, we still appreciate your business and we'd love more of it. Yeah, we would. We're not upset that you, I mean, if we didn't like you, we wouldn't respond. So we're responding to your question. If you're hearing this and we haven't responded, take the hint. Yeah. No, maybe kidding. go look at our website and read what you bought. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kind of. Yeah. we're, we're Kind of kidding. Yeah. We're not in the business of uh, explaining things over and over again. But I guess now we are. And we're going to fix that. We're going to change descriptions. Yeah. We're going to put make sure the right information is right in front of the customer. Yes. Which it technically, I mean, it is on my side, on my Etsy store. Yeah, I guess I, sometimes, you know, it's hard to put yourself, take yourself out of your own head and how your shopping experience yes. is. And kind of try to think about the, the masses. Yes. Part of it being a biz, business owner, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Got to think about your customer. Yep. So, what are you drinking over there? I'm sipping on my favorite, Buffalo Trace. What about you? Did you pop that? I did. I opened this uh, Uncle Ernest 1884. Uncle Ernest? <laughs> Uncle Nearest? <laughs> <laughs> close. Yeah, close. I, I knew like what it, it was, but I'm looking at it from my... Anyways. Um, and maybe I've had a few whiskeys already. Mm-hmm. We've definitely had a few whiskeys already. How do you like the uh, Uncle Nearest? I don't know yet. I haven't had it. Oh. I poured it, and I haven't even had a sip, so... Well, you sip and I'll refresh our day. We got up it. We both were up kind of late last night doing some professional work, whiskey tasting. I was completing and uploading and publishing and scheduling release of episode three of the podcast, which if you haven't listened to yet, pause this, go listen to that, and then come back. Yes. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Thanks for uh, checking it out. And uh, then I got my alarm went off at six 
a.m. after going to bed at 1 a.m. after mine, drinking. Mine went off at 5.30. But you didn't get but up. But I didn't get up until like about 7. When, when I you was, were supposed to already be there. Yeah. I was a little late coming out the door. But then we drove four and a half hours to say this to say the city. It's strong, right? Yeah. It, it drinks like it? it drinks like a 200 proof. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> if like, there's a thing. That... That Balconis that we had, that I had tonight. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about that. That was, he said 130 something. Yeah. Don't, don't ruin that story. Oh, sorry. I'll just say that this is, this drinks tougher than that did. Well, um, which one is that? Is that the 11 year or no? No. Just the standard. Yep. Yeah. I'd have to look read the bottle but it's probably 100 proof it's probably proof i should have as they say i should have put it closer to me yeah well if i'll talk about proof how they how they used to prove stuff while you grab it cool so if y'all don't know how proofing used to work what the word proof comes from they would take whiskey and they would mix it with gunpowder and i don't know the exact mixture is probably half and half or something and they would light it and if it lit and it burned smoothly that is what was called proof. If it flamed up real hot, burned out real quick, that was high proof. And then if it kind of spit and it didn't do much, that was low proof. And so that is where the proofing came from. So 100 proof would be a proofed whiskey. Then you have high proof and low proof. It's 93 proof. Ooh, that's just, just not, not drink like a nice That's not good whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> Some people might like it. Yeah, I can't say it's not good whiskey. It just... When you when you talk about other whiskeys that are higher in proof, um, and f- drink much better than that, it makes you wonder, like, right? Because a little longer, a little longer in the barrel, and it maybe rounds out some of that. That's probably one of the eleven years. I've I've not, I've never tried that one, but I know the eleven year is good. Well, they didn't have the eleven year, Matt. Uh, most people don't. It's okay. It's no big deal. Do you know what I went through to get this bottle? Please tell me. A lot of awkward conversation. Hell from, and high water. From let from from as we were discussing earlier, the fourth or third. I think we agreed on four total, but third that I've met personally, liquor store owner that does not drink. Well, you know the was it Snoop Dogg? Don't uh don't uh Yes. What is it that he says? I don't know. <laughs> don't use your. Uh, uh, it's like, it's like with the crack commandments. It's, uh, um, don't get high on your own supply. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Struggle with uh, that. So one. you think they're selling whiskey and, and another liquor and just making sure to stay? Yeah, they don't drink it. They don't want to get high on their own supply. All right. Well, whatever. So they don't. They don't drink. But yeah, with that, that's an odd thing we talked about. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced that. Please let us know if you have because. It can't be a coincidence at this point that we've met four liquor store owners that don't. Yeah, drink. I mean, there's only there's only probably a dozen liquor stores in, on the old Charleston area that I've stepped foot in just based on where I've lived. And for a solid almost third or a quarter of those to not drink alcohol, and this is, is over really ten years. Oh, so. t- yeah, it's strange. Yeah, and, and one of them is the same not, lady that I know. That yeah, sure, drink. and I'm curious if it's not like a common thing, like people own liquor stores but they don't drink. Yeah, don't get high on your own supply. That's the name of this podcast. The Ten Crack Commandments. That's what you call No. So we drove four and a half hours to, how do you say it? 
Fuquave Arena. Yeah, I always say it wrong because it it's is, not it's spelled that way, but that's yeah, not what you think. About forty five minutes north of the Fayetteville Fort Bragg area for anyone that's familiar with that. All of our veterans coming in and out of Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. appreciate you. Sure. Our own Oh, see, I gotta personal, qualify that. Our own personal hero. <laughs> he knows who he is. You sniping son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, Lariat. That dude. Is I wasn't going to say his name. I'm going to say his name. He's a killer because he's going to listen because he listens to these on his runs. He, you know, this dude runs every day. He's going to stop mid run. Yeah. <laughs> so I want everybody to thank him for his service and tell him how special he is. He's a Green Beret sniper. And I'm not even joking around. Dude's badass. He's, he's the hero. He's saved. He is Captain America. He saved this country. From something. I won't let my kids watch Captain America movies because they haven't met him yet. That's exactly it. He's the real one. So everybody think about him right now. Let's give five seconds of silence for this hero. All right, three and a half seconds was good. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Anyway, drove up here to the Southeast Barrel Shop and we met with Chris. Chris is a good dude. And um Yeah, Chris is uh an integral part of our supply chain at the moment. Yeah. Without Chris, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, we were just talking about without having access to the to the ability to purchase specific specific. Let me start that over. Without access to purchasing specific stave widths and relying on what's available from a full barrel, we would have wasted a lot of money over the holiday season. Yes, he keeps us profitable and in check. And uh, able to continue doing what we're doing, like providing great content and podcasting. And our videos. We released a new video yesterday for the Cream of Kentucky. Yeah, you check it out. It's pretty good. I actually, this time, typically what I'll do is I'll film and then I make the video, um, like I'll film it and then I'll go listen to music and be like, this song works, you know, for the video. So I'll, I'll listen to like a hundred songs and be like, that one. So this time I did it backwards and I went and I, listened to like three songs and I was like, that's a good song. And I made the video to the song. And I think that might be the way I do it from now on because it saved me a lot of time. Picking the, the song to do it to instead of... Yes. Pick the song, then write the video. As opposed to just freelancing video and then trying to find a song that it works with. So you use the video for the inspiration for... Yes. Transitions how I film. and how you... Interesting. That's what I did. How you film the whole time or, yes. or just how you edit now, how I film, okay. knowing, because it actually cuts down my edit time, because I know where I'm at. What, you, get for, you get familiar enough with the song that you know exactly yes. what kind of shots you I want. I know I want to zoom over yeah. or pan. So, like, in this shot, I did a bunch of, like, stuff sliding into view. Right. And I did that on purpose to go with the music. I imagine that's how they have to shoot movies, right? A director has to have an Probably. idea of exactly how he wants to shoot certain things. Otherwise, you could spend a month shooting the same thing a billion different ways. But yeah, and hoping that it works. Hoping he has one that works with yes. how he wants the movie to flow. That makes sense. I didn't think of it that way. Well, I've never done it that way. And I, I'm not like a trained, I didn't go to film school. Where'd you learn that? Film school? There used to be a school when I was uh, coming up back when I was a DJ. Yeah, DJ theory. I knew you were going to, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, such a shameful time in my life. For what it's worth, I used to brag about it in high school that my best friend was a DJ. Yeah, I was... He's DJ spinning it big apple. A big deal outside of Fort Bragg. It was a big deal for the soldiers. Um, oh man, what a crazy! If someone was like, "Were you? You were there when I was there?" Anyways, <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was. I lost my train of thought. You're talking about being a DJ. 
Yeah, but I can't remember why. That's all right. It's the whiskey. Yeah, lost my train of thought. We're only 15 minutes in. It's okay. That's great. So he said the name of the town. I'm not going to make him repeat it because then we'll rabbit hole again. Yeah. So we met with Chris and we got all the staves we needed. And then uh, it took longer than expected, which is not a big deal. So for us to turn and burn and drive four and a half hours back home, that would have meant getting home at like nine. And then we had to unload 300 staves. Which, by the way, is... A lot more work than you think. A lot more weight than you think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your truck has got a solid suspension, and I watched that thing drop. She squatted. A good three or four inches. I fit in with the locals now. <laughs> with the After California. Carolina. Carolina, Carolina squat. squat. If you don't know what that is, you should pause and Google it and then come back. Welcome back. It's crazy, right? Nobody. Sorry. I'm sorry I wasted your time <laughs> yeah. for that, but yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Somebody's listening. It's like, what are you talking about? It's my favorite. It's the way my truck is. It's okay. Hit us up. Maybe we'll throw you some cash to help you level that yeah. lift out. Yep. I'll send you some rear blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Just install them the correct way. Yeah. Be careful. Um, so, yeah. we, so we decided to grab a hotel for the night yep. because uh, we wanted to actually go toward a distillery. And I yeah. won't say the name of it because they were they wanted to, but they're in the middle of a remodel and they're closed. And I was like, well, that's actually the perfect time. Oh, other clothes clothes. Yeah. I thought they just didn't want us to no, no. let us film. And I was like, that's a perfect time because now you could have time to talk to me. There's yeah. no customers around. And they didn't respond to that. So yeah. your loss. But we weren't even, we were going to do it for free. We weren't even yeah. charge them. We would like to film distilleries or. Yeah, we other, need some more places, practice. Restaurants um, or whiskey bars that are involved heavily in just whiskey. Yeah. Just to film stuff. And, yeah. And we just want to film. We just want to make content for y'all. Up to this point. Matt has done ninety percent of the film. Ninety, we have, I would say so. You've done a lot of it. Ninety-eight, ninety-eight, ninety-eight. That sounds better. Okay, ninety-nine. <laughs> you help. You help when you can. I've I'm just. I'm very. I'm very thing. anal about it. That's the only reason. But that's. I mean, that's great. That's, yeah. That works out, right? Yeah. Um, I can only get mad at myself. Where if you help film, and I'm like, why did you do that? But no, that never happened. You know, it makes everybody happier. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But right, fine. Uh, I'm just gonna start never bringing my camera ever. For no, anything. keep bringing it. Nope. You're doing good though. You're you got your thing. I I'm got. gonna sell it now. I don't. I don't want anything to do with it. I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, the company can buy it from me. Yeah, I bring Andy. I bring the wife along, and she can. Uh... Yeah, I might sell a bunch of stuff to the company if we're doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, we decided to go so to we, uh, whiskey found, kitchen. Yeah, whiskey kitchen in, in Raleigh. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Highly recommended Downtown. if you're in the area. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know Raleigh well enough to give any other. Yeah, I don't know. Landmarks. We're staying at the Marriott by the what is it, what is it called where people get together? Oh, uh, the Marriott Convention Center. Convention Center next yeah. to the Sheraton. Yep, that's where we're staying. So the yeah. Whiskey Kitchen's like a uh, two blocks away. Or yeah, so. it's like two two three blocks. Yeah. It's nice, nice nice walk. Pretty good food. Forty two degrees outside. Wasn't terrible. Uh, it was a chilly walk. Yeah. But the whiskey selection was solid, and I got to taste a, a whiskey that I, you and I both legitimately would not have been able to try anywhere else. No, you. I don't think you can. That's the only one they. Right. They're the only ones that they had, had it. it. Yeah, they had it. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, we'll break it down. So they have the little QR codes on the table. So you, you scan it with your phone. You can look at the menu, and it's actually set up better than most places I've been. Usually, the QR code thing is a mess. Related in, with regard to like how they're handling COVID yes, requirements yes. In here in North we don't Carolina. Wanna, we don't want to give you a menu to touch. We want you to scan the thing, which is, I mean, I don't care. But th this is way better than most places that I've been. Most places you go, it's like a 
crappy HTML page. It just looks terrible. Yeah. And uh, but this is actually good, and it had a drop down menu where you could just select different menus. Right. And I like the way they did the QR code. So it was like a like a name tag at a convention, if you will, that goes on your desk. And on it had several QR codes, and in the middle of them, it said whiskey or cocktails right. or so you could jump straight to that menu. Yep. So it was really cool, and it worked, and it it was, it was good. I liked it. But their whiskey selection was quite good. Um, they had some Pappy that we both were like, "This is so bad." Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. That's why I haven't bought it. You want some BT? Just shoot that down your throat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna just. Uh... Drink some water. Okay. While we talk. That works. Add water to it. I guess I could do that. Yeah. Water it down no. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's already proofed down, but yeah, it is Make actually it, take it to forty percent. It's just wild though. Like it's less than hundred proof, and it tastes bad. Like it's hundred and thirty proof. Don't insult hundred and thirty proof whiskeys. It just makes me mad. Like I so I got this bottle. You know the person at the at the liquor store. Talks about how they never get it in. I've never seen it before. Feel a little pressured because I'm, I'm not. I don't want to take my phone out and like. Oh, I do it. Google it right in front of them. I don't give a. I, I should have. Yeah, I don't give a damn. I put my phone out right it, there. It had, it had drawn my attention even before the lady there started talking to me. So I was I was like already had one foot. Yeah. In the I don't know in the wallet in the shopping cart. <laughs> Let me tell you why I pull my phone out. Just because the same thing that happened tonight. Tonight, and we're not talking crap here. No one can know everything, and we don't know everything. I'm not implying that either. No, not even a little but, bit. But um, Gus ordered the Balcones, uh, the blue, the baby blue. Yeah, that, that's what I ordered, ordered originally. Yeah. yeah, and so the guy was like, well, just so you know, we have a Balcones ba- uh, barrel. that it, He claims it's their own mash bill, and it was made and just they, for them. They commissioned Balcones to... Distill it for them, which I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe because I don't know that a distillery would turn their still on for one barrel, but you know, I don't know, I don't know, they maybe they do anyway. And uh, he says it's a bourbon, it's a good bourbon, blah blah blah. And so he brings it to us, and um, Gus is like, takes a sip, and he's like, wow, that just did a dance on my tongue. And I was like, gimme, gimme, gimme. So I took a sip, yeah, did something weird on the tongue, crazy good. You can tell it's a high proof. So he comes back, and he's like, how do you think? What do you think about it? And again, I'm explaining why I'll pull my phone out in a liquor store before I buy something. So he's like, yeah, it's a good bourbon. He says it's 140 proof. Yeah. And I go, okay. What? So what? he walks He walks away and I'm like, hmm, I don't think that's 140 proof because it, it doesn't drink like it's 140 proof. No. I mean, what do you think? I think if it, if I were to choose between this uncle... <laughs> Uncle Ernest, eighteen eighty four, and that, and and asked Uncle which Ernest? one is nearest. Man, it's yeah, this it's tells okay. you how I feel about the whiskey. It's okay. not great, but if I were to be asked which of the two, which of the two is the one hundred and forty proof, I most certainly would have chosen this Uncle Nearest before the Doc Ernest. So some of you are screaming at the podcast, whatever you're listening. I don't know the air right now. Why? Because I just said that it's a bourbon and it's 140 proof. And some of you don't know what that means, and some of you do. So I'm going to break it down to you. Because it can't be. It can't be a bourbon at that high of proof. So the ABCs of bourbon, we'll go through them again, in case you don't know. A, the bourbon has to be made in America. America. B, 
It has to be made with new charred oak barrels. C, corn must make up 51% or more of the mash bill. D, must be distilled to a maximum of 80%, 160 proof. E, it must enter the barrel at no more than 62.5, which is 125 proof. So if it's more than 125 proof, even if everything else is correct, it is not a bourbon. It is now a whiskey. An American whiskey. So they're selling it as a bourbon, advertised as a bourbon, but it's too high proof to be a bourbon. Yeah. And uh, they didn't know that. And then Gus was like, now they're going to spit in our food because you insulted their house whiskey. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. I wasn't talking crap. You know, I just wanted to. Yeah. The, the, the gentleman who was waiting on us was very nice. Great guy. Super nice guy. Uh, and he admitted to, you know, just before he started even really drinking and, and, and tasting and sort of analyzing bourbon, he was just a regular bartender, right? And what was his story? He had told us that when he started working there at the Whiskey Kitchen. Four years ago. Four years ago. The owner one day hired him because he, he knew his way around a bar in terms of making cocktails. But while he was there, he, I guess the owner, set up a flight for him of one-ounce pours or half-ounce pours of different things and said, here, go ahead and taste these. And he wanted to talk about them. And I guess he said when the owner turned around, he had already finished half of them. Threw back. He was just shooting them. He was taking them as shots. And, and the owner and was, the owner like, was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? He's like, taste them. Yep. You know? And so that's where his journey of kind of learning and about whiskey started about four years ago. It was an interesting story. And then we discussed the 10 year bourbon, how people are like, yeah, it's a 10 year bourbon. It's like, no, 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 slow your roll, homie. 10 years. 10 years. How old was that tree when they cut it down? How much experience does that Cooper have making that barrel? Yeah. How long did that master distiller work before he finally distilled this craft? Then he put it in a barrel and it sat in it for 10 years before he tasted it and was like, it's ready. So it's not just a 10-year bourbon. There's a lot of things that go in. And so we had that conversation, and he's like, yeah, that's that's all the things that I'm learning about bourbon. Now, there's so much to learn. I mean, nobody could learn at all. Right. Like, I listen to these master distillers talk to each other, and they're like, really? Oh, huh, yeah. And I'm like, man. So even a master distiller that's been working, you know, NGP for 20 years or, or right. whoever they're working yeah, yeah. for, they talk to other distillers, and they're like, I did not know that. So to think that anyone would know all of it. Constantly learning. Like yeah. A lifelong thing. You have to. And that's, and that's, it's just like hunting. Uh, it's a lifelong process. Even as a, an old man, you're still not a master hunter. You're probably better than. Yeah. I was getting ready to say, I love how man. that idea transcends both whiskey and yes. yet another thing that transitions both transitions. Yes. Transitions. Translates. Whatever. Uh, Goes with. Yeah. Both whiskey and white tails, <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that it's unless you're truly that just kind of ignorant, you know, or stubborn, you're always learning. Yep. Always revisiting something that maybe you forgot. You have to. Yeah. And always stay humble. No matter how much you think you know, realize that someone knows more than you. Someone's going to correct you. You know what I find is that I'm pretty knowledgeable in my professional world of what I do for a living. And so. Whiskey and whitetail? <laughs> well. <laughs> I know. Our real job. Our real jobs. But anyways, <laughs> the <laughs> compared to some of the things that I, I do with whiskey and whitetails where I'm still learning things because I haven't been doing this quite as long as I've been doing you know, doing woodwork and hunting. I haven't been doing those all those things at this level as long as I've been studying and going to school for other stuff, right? That I do that I do currently for, for a profession. Um, and I've kind of got grown old of learning in a sense 
but I feel like I'm still always learning still doing this stuff. And I think that's why it's as exciting as it is. Yes. Absolutely. Does that make sense? I don't know yeah. if I worded that right. But, no, it makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, so we had, um, I ordered a, was it the 25 year family or the 15? Whatever the, I think it was the 15 year pappy. I ordered, I was like, can I get it? By the way, they wanted $300 for a one ounce pour for the 15 year. Yeah. And I was like, mm. okay, we got to mention the, uh, that crazy cocktail we saw too. Yeah. Yeah. I will. So I saw, he was like, what else can I get you? And I was like, I'll take that 15 year. Pappy. Um, I'll take the 15 year pappy with the diet, like a pappy diet. And he, it, and he was, say, well, he was like, what? <laughs> you have a what? He was like, yeah, disgusted. <laughs> and this is after we had talked about whiskey for quite some time. And he was like, you're going to have a Jack and Coke with Pappy and Diet Coke? And I was like, obviously, I'm joking. I would never pay $300 got, for Pappy. Poor guy got super excited yeah. that he was going to order that at first. And yep. the and, the and Diet at the end confused him. Yeah. And he said that uh, he got really, really excited. And then... When his brain like registered the and diet, his stomach dropped <laughs> and thought that Matt was serious about it. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, tell him about the um, what was the third one? The third, the three hundred. This is a three hundred dollar cocktail. Yeah, so it cocktail. Was, it was a it was a heavy pour too. Like it was, it was like, like an two ounce ounces of Old Fitzgerald. Yeah, and there was a one ounce pour of. Each of the two pappies that they had the there. The 12 and the 15. The 12 and the 15. So it was a four ounce pour total, but it was two ounces of Old Fitz and then the two pappies. And it was a $300 drink. Yes. Mixed together. And I yeah. was like, I mean, like, that's who? First of all, I think it's just something you put on the menu just to have it on the I menu. I feel like it is because no one's gonna drink two that. of those, you're probably, most people are not going to have. No. And the third one, the old, the old Fitzgerald. People are going to have it, but they have to really generally know exactly what they're looking for and know what they have, right? Yep. And I've been an old Fitz fan for a while, but re, you know, Andy poured me a blind tasting of I think it was Old Fitz Weller and the Widow Jane, and so I I didn't know what they were, right? And I tasted all three, and I was kind of like, why did you pour those for a blind? T-? But it's fine. Um, I mean, I didn't give her any restrictions, so it's not like she disobeyed me. But anyway. Um, she poured that and I, and, and I was like, whatever this metal one is, I do not like it. And it was the old Fitzgerald. Really? Yeah. Which is interesting because I've always liked it. It's weird what our brains will tell us we like when we know what we're drinking. Yes. And convince you that you like this because it's an expensive yep. bottle or because this or that. And then you actually get it. And this is why, and we are why we talk about it so much. Why in blind taste test, Jim Beam white label. All the time. Statistically does very well. Very well. How to lie with statistics. And it's... <laughs> As Bill Gates recommends. Yeah, that's a book Bill Gates How to lie recommended. with statistics. How to lie with statistics. It's a real book. Uh, anyway, I digress. Yeah. But yeah, um, $300 cocktail. It's but wild. I've they, never seen a cocktail that's We should have maybe. asked him if anyone has ever ordered it. He also uh, said that they take that old Fitz and they age it. Um, they have a Rick house inside this restaurant. Yeah. And I was like, hey, um, do you let people go look at it? And he's like, not tonight. I was like, mm, I wanted to push harder, but kind of made me wonder if there's even a Rick house. Me too. I think it's just something he says, and he's like, "Oh, these guys know what a Rick house is." Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the average now person I see it because wouldn't I know, know. It's nothing than just. Well, he pointed to where it was, and it's like you can't see anything. But if I had a Rick house, you're gonna see it. Well, my thing is like those. That's that requires some serious structural support, and you have an open restaurant bar area below. And I feel like it's not full barrels. I think it's those mini barrels. Maybe. I think they have a yeah, yeah. quote unquote Rick house full of tiny barrels. Full of tiny barrels. 
That'd be kind of cool, actually. Because they were they were talking about what they were saying is they were aging the old fits in order to make it taste like Weller or uh, uh, Pappy. Pappy, yeah. And I was like, mm, but you know, there's but, a lot of things wrong with that. But okay, I don't know. I know the smaller barrels age faster, but do they have the same amount of flavor? Yeah, I don't. I mean, we've watched YouTube videos on that where they where they he made a uh, bourbon out of vodka. And yeah. like they just mixed a bunch of stuff together and yeah. soaked staves in it for a while, and, and then like it looked like vodka and this, or uh, bourbon. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that's a food coloring. And they taste it, and they're like, "This tastes like shitty bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like Uncle Nearest." Don't don't get mad at my little thirty-something dollar bottle of. No, some people like it. You know, obviously people like it, or they wouldn't sell it if they right. truly are sold out all the time, which I don't think they are. I think it's. I, I still don't understand. Like she talked like there was some kind of crazy history story behind it. And I still don't understand. It's not a bourbon. I'm super familiar with. It's not a bourbon. Oh, it's Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Well, it's not a Jack Daniels. I'm familiar with. Do you want to explain the difference? Actually, it just says aged in Tennessee, not even Tennessee whiskey. So there's another catch. (laughs) Which I didn't even really pay attention to yesterday. They made it in Florida. It's a small batch whiskey. It. It's a small batch whiskey. Yeah. Um, Which is a... We won't go down that hole. And then it just says distilled and aged in Tennessee. Oh. So, so it's it distilled, was distilled and, in Tennessee. Yeah, it's distilled and aged, but it does not say that it is a Tennessee whiskey, right? Because the ten, uh, to be considered a Tennessee whiskey... You have to go through the the char filtered process that they have that cold. You know what I'm talking about? So yes, I'm reading. Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey is a brand of Tennessee whiskey produced by Uncle Nearest Incorporated, headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee. The whiskey is named after the formerly enslaved man Nathaniel Nearest Green, which we actually I know stories uh. about Nathaniel Green. Who t- that's the guy that started Jack Daniels. He yeah. taught Jack Daniels the recipe. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So maybe we need to learn to appreciate it more. Well, now I feel like a dick. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my language, so Nathaniel Green was the founder and master distiller. Your uh, grandma listens to the podcast? <laughs> of Nearest No, I just said that. Of maybe Uncle Nearest. Hey, you know what? We learn she something might. every day, you know? We learn things all the time. Um... So, okay. So, okay. Nathan Nearest Green is the founder and master distiller history section on the Wikipedia page. Uncle Nearest Incorporated launched the Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey brand in July of 2017. Yeah. So, the brand itself as a brand was started in 2017, but. Okay. It's probably his recipe, I guess. Maybe. Or maybe they just picked someone in the end and said that would go good on a label. And this goes down the rabbit hole of yeah. We're gonna have decept- to revisit this deceptive because now we're labels. getting into the British Bourbon Society. What? Yeah. What does that have to do with the Tennessee whiskey? I guess the Brits own it. Or what? It would not add recent trade. I don't know. This is too much to read. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> on here. All I know is known as that. Uncle Nearest Nathan Nearest Green has acknowledged has been acknowledged since about 2016 as the first African American. Master distiller on record in the United States. He taught Jack oh, Daniels cool. to make Tennessee whiskey and served as the first master distiller, formerly called Head Stiller, for the Jack Daniel Distillery. Oh, hmm. 
That's pretty interesting. Oh, he's reportedly instrumental in developing the Lincoln County process, the process which is, yeah. you know, the charcoal filtering. That's method. what I was trying to say. The charcoal yeah. filter is called the Lincoln County process. Yeah. Yep. Sure enough. Sure. Did not, so he had a huge hand yeah. in starting that whole thing. It says he was instrumental. Well, that's cool that his uncle nearest 1884 has a cool story. Yes. Doesn't mean I have to like the taste. You're, that's correct. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. I know people who don't like Pappy. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I don't. Everybody likes it whether they like it you or not. You ever had Pappy? One time. Oh, I've never had it. I, I had it at uh, Reed's place. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's that fancy. I had that and the Stag and the Stag Junior, like the first time I went there. Well, good that for was you. the main reason I went. Yeah, like, good for me. <laughs> Must I, be nice. So, uh, well, I mean, Pappy's just one of those things, right? I mean, everybody likes it, and it, and it's cool, clickbaity Instagram stuff. You know, it's just I'd rather drink other stuff, man. Yeah, I just would. There's like. In I'm my experience, you, I'm always drinking anything, Buffalo Trace. I in just my like experience, it. anything that is hyped up the way Pappy's is, and I have not had it before, is bound to be a letdown. So when you have it, you're going to think, this is a good bourbon, and that will be the end of your thought. Yeah. Not going to change my life? No. Oh, it's a bummer. You know, and again, people are yelling at us right now. You stupid, you uncultured swine. You know. Okay. It's fine. Okay. That's cool, man. You do you. You do you. You buy that three hundred dollar uh, cocktail. Yeah. Instead, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy five two fifty dollar <laughs> bottles of solid bourbon. You know how you drunk I can get for three hundred dollars while you have one cocktail? Like, <laughs> let's 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 bet. You know, one thing I did see tonight that we should have tried while we were there because they were obviously hot. So we saw these um, French presses, and we thought that everybody's getting French press coffee. Well, that's kind of weird because it's. I mean, I guess it is Saturday, but... I thought it was tea. Oh, I couldn't really see it. I just saw French presses. So it, they were hot toddies. So they they had toddy for two, and um, and it came out in a French press, and it had, like, allspice and all that stuff in it. And we probably should have tried it. They looked really good. However, yeah, the, the two gentlemen, two tables down from us... Everybody that was ordering it as, like, a thing seemed like they were on a date. Yeah, there especially were other groups the... Or group dates, and so... Matt and I sitting outdoors because there was the only place to sit around all these little fire pits drinking whiskey. Yeah, and we're then, not on a date. We're on a business meeting. Right, so a, but we didn't want to like order this hot toddy and, yeah, and split a hot like toddy. We <laughs> on a date. No, not, our wives would not appreciate that. We're not allowed to go on dates with other people. I don't know how your marriage works, but right. I'm only allowed to go on dates with my wife. So And as busy as we've been with whiskey and whitetails, those have been lacking lately. For me. Yeah, I was going to say, I won't blow you up, but... Yeah, well... I, we don't have kids, so we... True. Every day, every night is date night. I mean, I've said, that, I've said that for years. Every night is date night. Yeah. It must be nice. It is nice. But, you know, one day, today. you have someone to take care of you, and I won't. I mean, I got Andy, but I won't have kids to come visit me in the nurse. Your kids aren't going to come visit you in the nursing home either, so it doesn't matter. They're not, because they're going to be so rich, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to live at their house. Yeah. That'd be good. You're going to be that guy, the father-in-law suite? A hundred percent. Father-in-law suite? A hundred percent. Move in with your daughter's husband? Yeah. <laughs> That's a move, man. Leah. <laughs> I see Steve's uh, bought him a Walmart saw there. Dude, what if she marries a dude named Steve? Then this would be a weird podcast. <laughs> yeah, fortune teller. What if she marries a chick named Steve? 
Stevie. Stevie. Or what if she gets older that show. and listens to this. And yeah, Shit's Creek. Yeah, Shit's Creek. <laughs> great show. It's a great show. What are we talking about? Whiskey and Whitetails. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, it's true. It's our podcast. We're well, getting, so, um, thank everybody for the feedback, by the way. Yep. Um, just dropping us, like, we, we've gotten texts and then inst- instant grams. Instant Carrier gram? pigeon. Carrier pigeon. A few different, yeah. We haven't gotten an though. email yet. You should go to the email. We also, we're still promoting that, uh, that smashing that like button. Do it. Go get you an old monitor, get you a baseball bat, and like it. <laughs> we're still doing it. We're still yeah. doing it. Waiting for it. Waiting for that text or that, uh, for that email. Yeah, got to have that video. So, but yeah, last week was pretty much the the absolute final weekend for uh, for deer hunting. Uh, it was ten it was days ago. Was, it was ten days ago, I guess, a little week ago, yeah. a little over a week ago. But point being, now it's time to. Are you going to go get your stands? You going to take your stands and move them at the club, or are you going to keep them there? Because I'm probably going to move my post. Yeah. Post I, so every year I say that in the spring, because yeah. we always talk about doing this, in the spring, we're going to go in. So hot. Yeah, go. when the leaves are gone, right. we're going to go in. We're going to find a new spot. We're going to we're gonna mow it down and clean it up and put new, put our stands. stands. Not die. Cause yeah, because it's, yeah, it's so hot here. I mean, our, our opening season is August 15th, and, and it's miserable in the swamps of South Carolina on August 15th. So. Yeah, we talk about doing it. We just need to we just need to buckle up. You know what we need to do? We need to go duck hunt and um and just spend an, a morning a day or morning out there moving stands. Because yeah. I know where I want to go now, um, from some of the spots that we were looking at. Yeah. And um and I put trail cameras over there just to see and it's like there's a ton of movement there. More movement than I've seen on other places on the property. But um neither of us had a really great deer year. But we yeah. we were also very busy, weren't able to hunt as much. Yeah, um, and the pen, you know, I'll be honest, the pandemic didn't help. Um, only for the fact that one of the one of the earlier hunts I had, uh, the processor that we like to go to was closed because people were because the pandemic helped them hunt. Well, basically, the pandemic, the it wasn't. I shouldn't have said. I worded it wrong, but basically our processors freezers were so full because yeah. so many people were out enjoying the outdoors, but they weren't coming to get their stuff. Yeah. And so they had to shut down operations and I learned a hard lesson bringing, uh, some, uh, doing some venison myself. I cleaned and field dressed and butchered the deer myself and tried a, my hand at wet aging, uh, the deer with ice. And uh, used a cooler, with a Yeti style cooler that I got from Gander Mountain. Kept it filled with ice, let the let the blood drain, and and did all that. What I wasn't paying attention to was as it set outside draining, and it was fairly mild, t- you know, weather. But it was warm enough that the drain plug, which is fairly big on this cooler, I left it open completely, so warm air was getting underneath mm. and melting the ice around the meat at the bottom. And I was opening it from the top, looking in and seeing still frozen ice going, oh, looks good. Not realizing that the majority of the meat was getting hit by that air, warm air. And uh, I I found some, I couldn't tell if it was like little critter droppings 
in that because that hole is like yeah that, that, almost three inches round. It's like the bottom of a whiskey bottle. It's huge. He just made a huge mistake with that, and I did not feel comfortable with that meat. And maybe someone's listening to this telling you know screaming that that meat would have been fine, but I. I didn't feel comfortable grinding that up into burger and serving it to my kids after it had sat outside for two days, wet aging, like I thought was well, supposed to have been wet aging, but then being exposed to all this warm air developed a funky smell. Yeah, that's that's like right make there. A long, if you got yeah. a funky smell, don't eat it. So to go, you know, down the, the long road, it, uh, yeah, yeah, it screwed me. It's okay, but oh, yeah, if it if it if it's got a smell, I mean that goes for everything. If it smells funky, you shouldn't eat it. Yeah. But that and um and the, the diseases that you can get from stuff like that will yeah. ruin you for life. So it's not it's not just you're sick and you're on the toilet. It's like you can get real parasites from stuff like that. So it's yeah, not it's good. better safe than sorry. I mean it's unfortunate, but it happened I mean it happened when we went on that um Kentucky hunt, like Patrick's deer, the guy um kind of just threw it in water and it just sat in water for three or four days and it you know, we thought the guy knew what he was doing. You know, trust but verify. Yeah, is definitely what should have happened. But you know, these things happen. Sucks. Probably more common than uh, we think. But so I screwed that up. But that being said, uh, the rest of the year just kind of was not as productive as I would have liked. Yeah. But that was September when I shot that deer. October stuff started rolling through before we made our official announcement. Like we started getting some movement on things and I was like, Oh, okay. This is getting kind of busy. Yeah. We spent some weekends after just regular work doing stuff for whiskey and whitetails. And then by the time Thanksgiving came around and we were ready to launch the store. Yeah. Like, we, we launched. Was, yeah. It we, was already starting to get to where like, we didn't have a whole lot of free time to do anything else. Well, like Cyber Monday happened and we were like, nice. People yeah. are people are shopping with, you know, Cyber, Cyber Monday stuff. And we ran that Cyber Monday sale on Etsy and then it didn't stop. Like we thought it would just be Cyber Monday, but then it was like Tuesday, same thing, Wednesday, same <laughs> thing. And I mean, we posted pictures of it and tried to keep everybody updated as possible about where their orders were. But... I mean, we we were slammed all of December. It's kind of like now that it's slowed down, it's like, ah, oh, I can breathe a little bit. It's not a big worry, you know? Like, we were able to go out of town and do this and stay the night out here. Right. Um, there's not a lot of stuff that we got to get done right now. But, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. and Right. Not a lot that we have to get done, but there are certainly things that we could be working on to make our lives easier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because do you, want, do you want to talk about the WE thing? Or we haven't really talked about that. The what thing? Wine Enthusiast. Yeah, let's do I guess, it. I guess we can talk about it now. Yeah, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, we got reached out to on Etsy, and um, she was just kind of like, hey, I work for wine enthusiasts, and I had never heard of wine enthusiasts. Sorry. Neither did I. And everybody we tell this to, they're like, what? How have you never heard of wine enthusiasts? I don't know. <laughs> so I did like a quick Google, and I sent it to Gus, and I was like, I can't tell if this is legit or not, because their website looks... Hmm. legit it looks good right but you know they sell like two thousand dollar bars and things like that and i'm like yeah they sell a lot uh, yeah they sell a ton of stuff a and i was like stuff. i can't tell if this is like alibaba like i don't know what i'm looking at here and but so once we figured out their we started supply we, process we talked with them for a while yeah. and, and they're interested in our cigar rest and um we kind of like went back and forth about some stuff 
And I just ended up looking them up on Instagram, and they have like 140,000 followers. And I was like, wow. They have more than that. Do they? Yeah. Let me they pull got, it up. I think almost me, a half million. Do they? Yeah. I'll tell you right now. In process. 439,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, okay. So when you see a lot of followers like that, just click pictures and see how many likes they have. So I was like, all right, let me pull up. So I just did it right now. Their most recent picture. It's a picture of four wine glasses, and that's it. So nothing that's exciting. Right. 1,400 likes. It's wild. Yeah. And they posted that eight hours ago. So it's kind of like, yeah. Just take like. But like scrolling through, 3,100, 3,600. I mean, there's a ton of likes. Find a picture of something that's whiskey related and then look at the number of likes. Take that number and cut it in half and then take. Dude, cut it into a quarter. So here's a a picture of a hot quarter of a percent of that. And and imagine if just a quarter of a percent of that number that liked a picture were to buy something from us. Okay. So this isn't a hot tie. This is muled wine. Let me find some liquor. Okay, so here we have a uh, a Pappy Van Winkle decanter. That's not a good. Let's not use that one. A <laughs> <laughs> bad example. Yeah, six hundred likes. It looks like most of the wine stuff is getting a lot of likes, and the whiskey stuff is kind of lacking. Hey, yeah. Well, so maybe if you're the wine enthusiast, and you're not posting about wine. Maybe that's, that's true. A problem. It's off brand. Um, but you know, the point is. This is going to be a big deal for us, and um, we're excited for the opportunity, and we're kind of... And that's actually what this trip was about today, yeah. was getting enough staves of the right size for us to... Fill those orders. Fill those orders. Yeah. Um, and we ho- still... Hopefully, it's enough. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it might be enough for a couple of weeks. The, the, what's going to happen is we're going to have to end up pushing our lead time out to like two weeks on these orders, because... As you fear, and I fear also, I think once we go live with them, we're going to wake up and we'll have... we go to bed one night and we're going to feel good about the maybe hundred, Yeah, we just got picked up by one enthusiast. That we have ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And then we're going to wake up one morning to... A hundred orders. hundred orders. And then again the next day. Yeah. And we're going to have enough on hand for the first probably wave. And then we're going to be playing catch up. Yep. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be stressful, but it's... You know, these are, I mean, who are we to complain? I mean, that's like, this is a good problem to have, you know? And so we're excited for the opportunity. I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. Um, I don't know how much products I want to push to wine enthusiasts because I I would like to keep some of our stuff, our stuff, you know? A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. This this would be cool as an opportunity to get one of our products in front of a larger audience. Yes. It's a product that's uh, with regard to like tool sets and time it's fairly easy to make um it's not it's not the product that caused me the issue last week that damn near blew almost my, killed you blew my hands up uh, <laughs> but that's you know we're learning a lot about uh whiskey we're also learning a lot about uh woodworking yeah <laughs> what not to do <laughs> the fact that that hasn't happened sooner uh, i'm actually really surprised so so we we have a standing bet on which one will be the first of us to lose a digit, like finger a finger, or dropping a barrel on and, a toe, and I got real close to losing a toe with a barrel. I pulled one out of the bed of my truck, and uh, by both, the way, they are a lot heavier than you think they are. Yeah, especially when they're wet. Still, we've both come close with. Uh, it landed like a, a no saw. shit, like four inches from my toe. Oh yeah, and then Legs. I'm I should not be around saws at all. I mean, I scare myself all of the time. 
Do you think you just get careless and like you're just kind of just? I hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's what I get in the groove, and it's like zip. Okay, zip. Okay, zip. And then I'm like zip, 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 and then something catches because some of these wood, it's it's American white oak. It's thick wood. Yeah. And it'll catch like a knot or something in it, and it just kicks a little bit. And that if you're not holding on to it, when it kicks like that's that, that's where if you're when you're running stuff with a miter saw and you don't have it either clamped down or a good grip on it, and you're starting to get sort of yeah lazy that's when it happens and i blew up your the saw you gave me the yeah. chop saw blew it up that, that older skill saw yeah it's good it was a good saw yeah i blew it up and not only did i blow it bent the blade and these are like that's wild man bent the blade and the blade kicked and it has a notch on it to catch it if a blade kicks it yeah. ripped that off and i think it burnt the bit like i think it broke the bearing in it i haven't even messed with it because i'm like i don't know how bad this is yeah i wouldn't even turn it on well no it won't turn on i mean it'll turn on but it won't it just goes. And it, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so it's, you blew it up. Yeah, it's nice. I think it's the gear or something. In like, it. I had that thing for like six years. It's Family fun. heirloom? No, not even close. <laughs> it was a cheap thing I bought like six, seven years ago at a. Well, I figured if you gave it to me, it wasn't that important. <laughs> it was just I didn't want another one in, the, in yeah. my garage. I, I want to get one like you have that slides. The yeah, yeah, that works nice. It's a better way to approach with a good grip. It's a better way to approach the staves for, for sure. sure. Yeah, we yeah. said for sure at the same time for sure. So anyways, we were talking about the deer season wrapping up. Yeah. We got down a rabbit hole. Yep. So you're going to move, you want to move a, move a stand to a different spot. Yes. I, so I've had the same spot for like three years and it's yeah. a good spot. It's just walking into it is not a good spot. Um, it's, it's hard to set good entry and exit spots. Yeah. Based on where the deer are at that time of day, yes. when you're sharing property with a lot of people, yep, because you almost always have to walk in some direction that's going to screw somebody up. Yeah, and the other thing too is it's on a main road, so yeah, people joyride, which drives me bananas. I I cannot stand it. It drives me crazy. I don't. There's nothing back there. My my stand is at the end of the property. Yeah. So if you're back there, all you're doing is joyriding, and you shouldn't be doing that during deer season. So I need to come off the main road. It's my fault. I shouldn't be back there. You know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it is, and that bed down because we that's where we, we duck hunt back there as well as flooded yeah. timber in there. And there's a bed down spot, and what was it two years ago we were in there two and kicked ago. up that big buck? Oh, yeah, and he's still there, he's still he's still alive. Um, it's a big boy, yeah, he's got to be huge now for a South Carolina buck, but yeah, I don't know. I wanted to talk about. Um, a myth about bucks, by the way. Oh, do tell. So I can't tell you how many times we go and walk a property with somebody young or old and they look down and they go, Oh, see that? That's a dew claw. It's a buck. And I'm like, big buck. <laughs> okay. So dew claws are not, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a big buck. Right, because when a deer's in full sprint, the dew claw will hit the ground. Doesn't mean it's a big buck; just means running. Yeah. So it, the best way to see if it's a big buck is to look at the width and the stance of the track. So if if you have a proper track where the buck's not running, it's just yeah, standing yeah. there. Yeah. You want to see a wide track. You see the feet are real close to each other. It's narrow. Young, young buck. Young. Deer. They're real wide away. Yeah. Wide apart, and then from front to rear, it's a longer distance. Yeah. 
That's a big buck. Okay. And so the, the, one of the best ways to do this is to take your three fingers, your index, middle, and ring finger, and then find a clean track and put those three fingers over that track. And if the track is larger than those three fingers, that's a mature buck. That's the easiest way to do it. Quit talking about these dew claws. You're driving me crazy. People. David, your f- three of your fat fucking fingers yeah, or three my, of my fingers? They're not fat. They're muscular. <laughs> Yeah, I got. That looks like an eighteen-wheeler track. I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. I got larger than normal hands. It's, yeah. Anyways, got fists like small trucks. You do, um, Mike Ditka. But anyway, yeah, the average three fingers. So not not your child's fingers. And, and the average claw, again male. is not an indication of age. No, it's generally a buck that's running or has stepped in soft mud. Yes. So. Seeing dew claws doesn't don't get excited. Just just calm down. You're it's it's probably not what you're seeing. Are you talking to someone specifically? <laughs> yes, and I can oh. see his face. That's why I'm looking over there. But <laughs> like he's sitting over there. I'm not. He's. I'm not going to call him out. He knows who he is. You know who you are. Um, and the other one I want to talk about that I'm really getting tired of too is scent control. Yeah. Um, it's a fun one. Like you, you were talking. We were talking about this earlier. Um, and you were discussing that this year you didn't focus as much on scent control, yeah. but more on wind direction. Right. So I, I, in terms of actually getting meat in the freezer, I did not have a great year this year, but compared to previous years, I saw more deer on the hoof this year than I have in several years previously. Right. And I think in the past few years, I've gotten a little lazy and reliant on the scent control detergent and the spray and your ozone box and, and the ozone, the ozone stuff. And I've not focused on the basics, which is wind control and playing the wind and the wind direction to help prevent your scent from being in the area where you're trying to hunt a deer. Yes. Right. And I also fo- using cover scent right. is more helpful. Like if you yeah. know that you're going to make a scent mark somewhere using cover scent, Spraying some dopey or something down over it. But even then, it's not that huge. It's not that big of a deal. No, if you play the wind and have the wind in your favor, as I focused on this year, and I, yes. like I said I saw more deer on the hoof this year than I have in previous years. And I think it's because I focused, I still did the scent control stuff to an yeah, extent. For sure. I'm not talking go out there all musty and I also made sure that I was sitting in a stand when I hunted that was in an ideal, maybe not the best, but ideal. You know, location based on on the wind direction, right. and saw more deer this year on the hoof uh, than I have in and in same for me quite I, a few years. But you know, I've never really been a big scent guy. It's not my my problem with with deer hunting is is just because I didn't make a harvest doesn't mean I'm a bad hunter and didn't see deer. Like I saw deer, this I'm just does. <laughs> <laughs> I saw deer. I just I don't know. I'm getting soft in my old age, like. I'm tired of killing things, Daddy. You know, it's just uh, you know, I'm just getting I'm soft. Not. I know it's. I'm not a. I don't know, but yeah, the bit the and that was the follow up point to this was sound is way more important than than scent. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. want to have clothes that aren't loud. You don't want to be making noise walking in. You don't want Under Armour boots to squeak every time you yeah. take a step. You don't want these <laughs> certain things. That's a throwback. Um. You don't want these certain things. You don't want a zipper on a backpack. Sure. You don't you don't want these things. That's why people are like, well, what kind of camo should I buy? The quietest kind. Yeah. 
And the reason why is because scent will only travel with the wind, where sound moves in a 360-degree direction. You make a sound, it goes... Right. It's like a drop in a yeah, pond. Yeah. It goes everywhere. Yeah. So sound is super important. You want to be quiet, because if they hear you, they're not cats. They're not going to be like, right. what's that sound? Let me yeah. go check it out. They're like, okay, don't go over there. Yeah, but I was talking to my son, because we went... Uh, we did a youth day hunt and sat most of the day and we did a little bit of scent control. We were in a ground blind and I said, you know, limiting, limiting our movement in here to being very slow so that even though we're in all black in an all black sort of area, limiting our movement will help draw any unwanted attention to us. Um, but in addition to that, less important is how we smell and all the noise that we make sitting in here. Yeah. I was like, because where our club is, you know, there's a neighborhood nearby. There's a main road. Deer get sent from homes and barbecues and people yes. blowing in their direction. They're not unused to that. And that might be different if you're deep in some national forest or some right. rural area in Iowa. Yeah, if you're on, if you're on a but, lottery hunt somewhere where people aren't, then yes, scent's a little more important. But, but if you're hunting rural. I told, but I, I explained to him the reason why hearing the natural sounds of the woods and then hearing a zipper, even yeah. if they, even if deer don't smell anything, they're still going to be like, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't fit. I'm not going over yeah, there. Yeah. I'm not going over there. Yeah. And movement is key. Yep. Um, we've both been blown at from like scratching Small your movement. nose. Like and, you just wiggle and, your yep. face and, and fix a, stuff. You don't see the deer and they're, they're, before yep. you realize it, they're they're blowing at you, and they were thirty yards away. You never saw them. Yep. But you moved one hand to readjust your your grip on the gun, or scratching your nose. Your ass went numb, and, and you wanted <laughs> to lean on your left cheek instead right. of the right cheek. Yep. Yeah, they see that stuff, and and that's one thing that like we didn't bring that up in our third podcast with Matt Livingston, but one of the things that he always talks about is is he sits when he sits in a stand, he is a statue, dead, dead still, does yeah. not move, and that's and that's a key thing. And so for him, scent, like, I, you know, we hunt with him all the time. So I know that he likes to take a shower and wash the nastiness off, and he sprays his boots. But he's not going, like, to town on scent control yeah. and buck bombs and all this stuff. He's right. just not moving. And hunting out of a blind or a, or a tower stand or something gives you a huge advantage. And, and in that moment... It's enclosed? Yeah, it's like, that's when clothing's super important, because you definitely, you don't want to get lazy and wear... yeah. You know, something that makes a bunch. Right. Of, you don't want to go in there in a tracksuit. You know, do people still wear windbreakers? Like Russian tracksuit? Yeah. Like, no, the uh, oh. the Latvian club owner. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, sure, the, I'm sure there's the some Adidas one. I'm sure there's suit. one in Raleigh somewhere. I bet you someone's killed a deer in a tracksuit. We should do, we should film a hunt hunting in tracksuits. With gold chains. <laughs> Drinking bow, water. Bow hunt? Oh, yeah. I'll bow hunt in a tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Oh man. Ah, water. Yeah, it's good for you. Um speaking of water and other important elements in the uh distilling of bourbon and making of uh or harvesting. Harvesting of, of deer. We have uh Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Some ideas. No, I was gonna uh, hold on. Hold on. What, what were you going to say? Yeah. Okay, well, wait. So, hold on. This is going to be our announcement. Our announcement sound. 
All right, you ready? Do you this have is, an announcement sound? We have yeah, to program this. Into this is a, the announcement sound when we have a big announcement. We are about to launch <laughs> our first shirt. Uh, <laughs> so reggae horn means announcements. Um, yeah, so our first shirt is going to be a black short sleeve t-shirt. Um, on the front of your, what would be the left breast pocket? There is no pocket on the shirt. We'll just have our little whiskey and white tails. But on the back. Um, our logo. On the front. Yeah, our logo on the front. And then on the back, um, excuse me. It says. Sorry, <laughs> I got lost in a train of thought there. Anyway, okay. on the back, it says water, corn, oak, thyme, which, as you know, is a good recipe for bourbon. It is. And it's also... A good recipe for... Whitetails. So it's a dual-purpose shirt. Whiskey and whitetails. Water, corn, oak, thyme. And it's... Uh, you know, we just like wearing our own stuff. Even like the our previous company, we uh, had an apparel line. And um, we still wear a lot of it. Especially the hats. But we'll, ha we'll have hats coming out, too. And, uh, and these are going to be cheap. We're not going to be like... We're not making money on this stuff. It's just, it's just. We're gonna buy blank hats and write whiskey and white tails with a sharpie on them. Sell it for forty bucks. Black hats, black sharpie, <laughs> and they're gonna be sixty dollars <laughs> because they're each just like our it's products. Custom. They're individually different, <laughs> depending on how many very whiskeys unique. I had. It very will depend unique. on how well the writing is. That's true. Yeah, very, very unique. Um, yeah. So yeah. We'll have a shirt coming out. It's, I don't know. We haven't been told what it costs yet, but we're going to, we're going to wear them and let you guys give us feedback. Maybe we'll give one. Maybe away. we won't sell them if you don't like them. Yeah. Or maybe you're like, Hey, it'd be cool if you gave me one. And then I'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know, you never know. You catch yeah, you never the right, know. You can catch me at the right moment. Yeah. That's another thing we're going to be doing too. Um, once kind of like orders pick up again, probably. We might do it for Valentine's Day. We're going to do like random boxes. So like just randomly as we're filling orders, we're just going to throw a shirt into yeah. like, you know. Or gold nuggets. Or gold nuggets. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. It's just going to be a t-shirt. Or gold. Or a <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> or a you're going to have to drop that one. Nope. Okay, whatever. I'll I'll beep it out. Or yeah, something. you beep it out. Do the, the choo choo train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or um, yeah. Or <laughs> it's either gonna be a t shirt or a hundred dollar bill. We haven't decided. Oh shit! I'll be buying some stuff trying to get the hundred dollars. I know. Me too. It probably won't be a hundred dollar bill. It'll probably be a t shirt, but or it could be though. Yeah, it could be. Maybe we start throwing twenties in certain orders or whatever the order was. Maybe we just. Throw that money back in there. Oh, yeah. So you just get your money back. Yeah, you just get your money back. Free, free stuff. I don't know. We'll see. We'll play around with it. It'll be fun. But you don't know if you don't buy stuff. Yeah, you're not going to know. So, And if you don't get a box. Get online and check something out. Maybe buy something for your, uh, your significant other, your favorite person for Valentine's Day. And if you don't get something in your order other than what you ordered, that doesn't mean we're not doing it. You just need to order. You just got to try again. Yeah. Just keep ordering it. Maybe... Maybe next time you'll, you'll get you'll get lucky. Yeah. 
but yeah. I also want to talk about peeing in the woods. Right now? Yeah. Okay. So that's another thing is peeing in the woods. Everybody's like, I know people that pee in bottles and that's typically a veteran thing because that's kind of, we called it tactical, but it's really just lazy. You wake up in the middle of the night, you got to pee and it's like, I'm not going to get out of my bee hut, walk down somewhere in the middle of the, you know, cause it's pitch black with a no light fob, you know, and, and go pee somewhere like in the pee pit. So you just keep a little plastic water bottle. So you just get up and pee in these water bottles and hunters will do that. And I hunted in Kentucky this year and I was in there for probably three days, sun up to sundown. And that's a lot of pee and I'm just peeing off the sand so much so that it's still warm outside and I could smell my own pee to the point that I was like, I don't even want to be here anymore. So I'm going to go find a new stand. <laughs> so like, there's no way deer are going to walk up. Like I, right. I've done screwed myself. There's so much pee smell here. And, um, one of the, the video I posted from that hunt camp here in Kentucky, there's part of that video. There's a doe and her fawn, yeah. which are the skitty, the skittish, the most skittish. How are you? How would you say that? The most skittishy. The most skittish. <laughs> yes, that's correct. The most skittishy animals on the planet are probably a doe and her fawn. Yeah. They walked right up to the stand. And I mean, I have video of it underneath the tree that I'm sitting in. Like they were like smelling it. Like, what is this? So, on, a scale of, on a scale of skittishness, that's sk- like an 11. Yeah, 11 skittiness. Skitties of 11. Skittish- 11 skittishness. It's 11 skitties is what it is. If one skitty, which is not very skittish, and then if you have 11, that's a lot of skitties. So they were 11 skitties. Man, try to keep up, folks. And um, they uh, didn't bother them at all. So quit peeing in bottles, you weirdos. Just, just, just pee. Just pee. I, yeah, I have... I've always just peed off the stand. So have I. I don't think I've ever peed in a water bottle outside of the country of Afghanistan. That's not true. No, that is true. That's not. I peed in a water bottle in the back of a rugby van. You played rugby? In college. I didn't know you played rugby. Yeah. I knew you played saxophone. But yeah, that and ice hockey. And then when I got to college, I played rugby for a little bit. And then we took a long drive from a... Another school where we played for the weekend. And we were driving back and uh, only stopping for gas. So if you had to pee, find an empty water bottle. That sounds fun. You know, yeah, I don't even know the not. rules of rugby. I bet no one listening knows the rules to rugby. Probably not. Are there rules? It's oh, like yeah. football, but you can nah, touch it. It's, it's different, but football, it's but you also can kick it? Of, sure. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You can't throw forward. You can only throw behind you or laterally. So how does you that work? The rules for tackling aren't the same. Like you can't tackle like you can, and you can only throw backwards. Huh. I actually kind we'll of we'll like have to that. take a separate episode and watch because it is it's more challenging to only be able to throw. Backwards. Yeah, I actually like that better forward. than football. But Maybe I'm a new rugby fan. Forward. Does Clemson have a rugby team? Clemson does have a club rugby team. As a matter of fact, that's where mm. we were driving from. Really? It was, oh, yeah. Nice. Huh. Well, I'm a long be. story to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do that one day and review. We'll review. Where's rugby come from? Oh, it's got to be overseas somewhere like Why? Well, yeah, the UK it, or Europe. Or it sounds like a British, a Brit thing. Find a uh, whiskey from that area? Yeah. And yeah. then we'll watch a rugby game. We could do that. We could definitely watch rugby. Yeah. And just talk while we watch the game, the match. 
on the pitch. Rugby comes from Warwickshire, England. Nice. So maybe we get some uh, some. What's that beer I like in the yellow can? Starts with a B. Boddington's. Bam. Yeah. Maybe we get some Boddington's okay. and some Uncle Nearest. <laughs> Yeah, because that's about the only way I'm probably going to drink this again. Yeah, and mix it together. We'll steal bottoms with whiskey and Boddington's and watch. Yeah, no, it sounds tough. It sounds tough. That's, that's one way to put it. <laughs> and watch watch rugby, and you can explain to us what we're watching. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. So, yeah, our first hotel cast. Yeah. It's been good. It's uh, It's hard to explain to people who haven't been a part of this ride of doing the previous company we did and now this one being able to do this trip the way we've done it and I won't go into details but like doing this the fact that we didn't have to come out of pocket at all today that's part of it yeah is bananas this is our first like real stroke at success in a company um for what little bit it is yeah it's uh a hotel room it may not seem like a lot to you but it's it's a huge thing for us Yep. Excuse me while I wipe my tears. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. We are very thankful for those of you that are along on this ride, have been on this ride with us so far, and are still chugging along. And uh, we hope to have many more of these in the future. So Absolutely. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your followage. Thank you for everything. I mean, it, we are just inventing words left and right on this podcast. That's the way it works. Who says we can't, you know? Nobody. I know a guy named Webster, so... I don't have Dick. Dick Webster? Dick Shunary. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not know where that was going. (laughs) Yeah, that works. Cool. Thank you all for being around. Thank you all for the support. Thank you for everything. All right. We truly appreciate it. Like the lady says, I like drinking whiskey, so I'm going to go drink some whiskey. Drinking whiskey. Till next time. See y'all. Hey, Lariat, thank you so much for your service.